0: This is Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports. Sports. Streaming through the Seattle Sports app, and it's seattlesports.com.
1: Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross.
2: Here we go now. All right, we're going to talk a bit about Mike McDonald's play calling coming up in four down territory in 15 minutes. Before we get to it, outside of finding that new head coach, this is the most important thing for the Seahawks in 2024. Any guesses as to what this is?
1: Um, Finding a scout that finds diamonds in the rough.
2: Okay, okay. You're on the right track, mm-hmm, Curtis. Mm-hmm.
1: Winning football games. Okay,
2: okay. I like it. Matt. <laughs>
1: Curtis stole mine. <laughs> okay, oh, Matt. I'm you. Matt,
2: I know you got another one.
1: Scoring points. Scoring points. Nice.
2: Good. Good answer. Good answer. Uh, the answer is that the number one answer. Is not the number one uh, answer. The answer darn. that we've all secretly already settled on is player development. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna get back to that interview uh, that Brock and Salk had with Matt Miller because it's very insightful when it comes to where the Seahawks need to go from here. Matt Miller spent a good portion of that interview bump basically being like, look, there's a huge drop off after like middle of the first round with quarterback. And if you don't get one of those guys early, don't even bother. Mm -hmm. Just don't even bother getting a quarterback in this class, which makes Seattle's decision at pick number 16 very interesting, especially because they don't have a second rounder. So quarterback in the first round or bust, right? Or some or or (laughs) don't get one at all is kind of Seattle's option there. Now, that's what we spent a lot of time discussing earlier. But what we're getting to now is what still needs to happen from the classes that Seattle has drafted in more recent years and bump both you and I agree those classes have been really solid.
1: Yeah, they've been pretty good, man. You got um, two potential rookie uh, defensive rookie of the years out of the last two draft class. You got two starters on defense, you got a starter on offense. Three starters on offense. You count um four starters on offense. Yeah. Two tackles, receiver, running back. You've uh you had a Pro Bowl type of player on special teams before he got hurt, and Jared Reed, who was leading the league in tackles before he went down. You've done a good job. Um so don't let the the results of the way the defense has played or the way the offense didn't come through at times mm-hmm. distract you from the real thing is that they've done a decent job drafting. Now it's about X's and O's, putting guys in positions, getting them to buy into what you're doing. But uh, you tip your cap to these guys.
2: Here's a bit of what Matt Miller had to say about that 2023 draft class.
1: I still like the class. I think it's, you know, you have the question mark of,
0: you know, do these guys, especially Derek Hall. Witherspoon and JSN are going to fit no matter what you're doing. With Derek Hall, it's okay. You draft this guy who's a, you know, D-end at Auburn. Now he's kind of playing as an outside pass rusher. Like, you know, it, you just don't want to see a whole lot of scheme changes for a guy early in their career. I think that's where players can get lost a little bit. I still like Zach Charbonnet. I, I still like Mike Morris as a developmental guy. I still like uh, Timmy as a, you know, a,
1: I think it wouldn't be surprised if he's the starting center next year, in fact. So it was a good draft class.
2: There's a lot to like from this draft class, but it only really works if guys continue to develop. I mean, Kyle Lewis was an AL Rookie of the Year, great for the Mariners. That's really awesome. Is he with you now? No. No. Right? It only really counts in terms of getting you somewhere. Like, amazing achievement individually for a player. It only counts in terms of getting you somewhere if that player continues to develop. And one thing Seattle didn't get a ton of this year— who knows why, a lot of reasons, was continued development from 2022.
1: Yeah, that was rough. Um, you had Rick Woolen, who entered the season nursing a, a knee injury or had a minor surgery, right? Yeah, a
2: little um,
1: you got uh, Derek Hall is 23. Didn't see much out of him. Um, Ken Walker was banged up this year. Mm-hmm. Didn't see much out of him. Saw some of him, actually. not. Same with Abe Lucas
2: and Charles a. Cross. A. Lucas
1: Charles Cross. So I think the main thing that happened is that guys got banged up. I mean, but that's football. It's it's inevitable. It's going to happen. You're going to get hurt. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And unfortunately, all these guys get hurt at the same time. So I'm gonna call last uh last year just a wash. All right, all right. Yeah. All right, things didn't work out, guys were banged up. In the third year, you need to see improvement. You need to see Rek Woolen become a better tackler. You did get improvement from Boya Mafe, though. Um you, did. you need uh, Charles Cross will win his one-on-one. So, same thing with uh, with Abe Lucas. You need to see some things. Now, will it be the jump that we would all like? We would love for these dudes to be pro bowlers, but Big Ray mentioned it the other day when he was on. He goes, I don't need five pro bowlers in the offensive line. I need a guy that takes the charge and then everybody else. But then also we still get to see other guys get shots. You talk about Timmy. We didn't see much out of him. He did play because everybody on that line was banged up. But now if he is a starter – how does he improve Anthony Bradford was was up and down you know um so you need to see improvement. A lot of the improvement was uh, was stalled because of injury. So I think whoever comes in, he's going to look at those guys and say, fresh eyes too, man. That's always It could be good sometimes because you're looking at maybe the technique of a Rick Willen and say, I tweak this. Maybe he's saying it in a way that just clicks with Reek and he figures out some things. Maybe you look at a Derek Hall and say, you know what, actually I would use him a bit differently. Let's put him in a different type of situation, and he grows right there. So, yes. So sad to see Pete Carroll go, Clinton, all those dudes, man. We, we love those dudes. They were great. Uh, but these fresh eyes might bring something else out of these guys. And another thing, too, is, man, I remember when, when Holmgren stepped down. We all know he was going to step down, right? And then Jim Moore comes in. And with Holmgren, I was kind of like the, uh, you know, we'll see if he gets in the game type of guy. When Mora came in, mentally I'm thinking, I got a clean slave. I got a fresh start. Like, That's I can good point. I can he can he doesn't view me the same way. He might have been here last year, but now he's in charge. I can change the way I'm viewed in this organization. There's a lot of guys on that roster thinking the same thing. That's
2: a really good point. I didn't consider the player perspective, uh obviously not having been a player. Um In terms of what that development continues to look like, I am by no means saying these players are going to be Seattle's players from uh, the 2011 uh, or 2010-11 and and 12 classes. But Curtis, you pointed out something that was interesting about how those guys continued to develop.
0: Yeah, uh, the Legion of Boomera guys, it felt like their development was a lot more linear than what we've seen out of the class of 2022, where I look at the guys in 2022 and is Boye Mafé the only one you could definitively say had a better sophomore season than than their rookie season? Ken Walker, I mean, he he dealt with his fair share of injuries. Sure. I think it is. It is yeah. Boye.
1: Yeah. It is. Yeah. And,
0: yeah. like, with the Legion of Boom era, like, I never, ever saw guys like... Regression. E- regression, yeah. You never saw Bobby or Russell or Richard Sherman or Earl or Cam or any of those guys ever take a step backward in their development and... You saw it reflected in the record of those teams. Every year they got better. They had what the seven win season in twenty eleven, and then it was eleven and twelve. Uh, they won thirteen games the Super Bowl season. I think they won twelve the following season. So like it was it was all linear and it was reflected in the record.
2: Bump, in terms of a guy or two, up to you to pick, that you see from the twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three classes, where you're like, I see a path for. Linear. De- I see a path for real development. Like I think this is a pick that's going to hit and stick. Who are, you, who are you looking at? Rick Woolen. Really?
1: You can't teach that. What he brings to the table. That's not
2: who I thought you'd say. You
1: can't teach that. I'm going Reek, man. Um, yeah. And the reason why I go Reek, I'm interested to see what you hear, what you thought I was going to say. Um, but I go Reek because he is six three, six four, runs a four two, long arms, has ball skills, needs to become a better tackler, yeah. but. Physically, I remember, so when I was in college, I played against Browner in college, and I played against him in the CFL, right? Most DBs, when they walk up on you, you kind of feel them, you know, their range. I've always felt comfortable. The only DBs that made me feel uncomfortable were Patrick Chung and Browner, right? Patrick Chung, because he's physical as heck, and Browner, because he can touch you from 10 yards away, right? Rick brings that to the league. He brings that. You feel him from a mile away because of his reach. Now, he's not the most physical player. I think that's something that he he can work on and get better at. But there's some dudes, just their presence changes the way that you attack. Mm. And uh, that's what I like about Rick. I think this year we're going to need to see vast improvement. He's got to go to work, and I think he will. But uh, just the physical alone, I'm like, yeah, Rick, but who who did you you think?
2: I thought you'd take Ken Walker.
1: Okay, I can see that. Just because it's –
2: I thought that you'd say, like, I saw enough this year that I wrote off any regression to injury and just learning.
1: Um, here's – I like that pick. Ken Walker played in 15 games this year. He played in 15 last year. He got the same amount of games. Now, last year he carried the ball 228 times. This year, 219 off just a little bit. Last year, 1,050. This year, 905 off by 140-something plus. Last year, nine touchdowns. This year, eight Last year, longest long 74. This year, 45. I mean, his year, yeah. 4.6 per carry in 2022, 4.1 this year. So I I like that because you need – and he has the potential to be a 13, 1,400-yard back if, you, if he stays healthy and you commit to the run the way that this team used to. Who knows what the run is going to look like this year or how committed they're going to be to the run this year. With everything that's going on in the NFL – the four teams that are left, all of them, all of them can throw the football across the yard and run that rock. So it's gonna be nice to, to see what type of balance or if there is gonna be a balance um with the next head coach.
2: Now in terms of like what better happen or what I really hope happens, one of those tackles has to be a franchise yeah, guy. Yeah, buddy. And, and the Abe Lucas's injury does make me nervous. Like I do wonder if that's gonna be a chronic thing, a debilitating thing, um, something that is sticks with him throughout that he'll need to manage. Because you want those guys to be out there every game as often as possible. Mm -hmm. And um, offensive line injuries will happen. And offensive line shuffling will happen. Like, it is one of the hardest groups to keep healthy. Because you're only great when all five are functioning. How do you keep five guys who are getting into car accidents every snap Mm -hmm. healthy at the same time? But what's been Seattle's greatest weakness? The trenches. By far.
1: Ain't had one of them since 2005, really. Just dominant offensive lines. Yeah, it, all, it always starts in the trenches, man. And um, I remember I played with Walter Jones his last year, and Walt didn't practice. Um, he just showed up for games. But there's one thing you knew that uh, the left side was going to be okay mm-hmm. because uh, now it not saying they needs to be Walter Jones. But my man had like a handful of penalties his whole career, which is crazy. But it, it's nice to have that guy in the offensive line. And you guys see Walter Jones today, and he is Big personality on TV, social media. He was not that back in the day. Oh, my man was serious. He was quiet. I was, I was his locker neighbor, and I hardly heard this man talk at all. Like (laughs) Walt was a different dude, so serious about his business. And I think that's what Abe Lucas can be. Just the demeanor of Abe Lucas reminds me of Walter Jones. Big up, Walt.
2: Um, is there? I don't want to say anyone giving you a question because there's certain guys where it's like, hey, it's not the end of the world if um like Kenny McIntosh doesn't become a central piece for you moving forward. You've got some really nice options at running back. It would be fantastic. I'm so intrigued to see his running style. He's a really likable guy, and so that's a fun personality to cover. Um, but I do look mostly at the offensive and defensive linemen. And and I am actually relieved to hear you say Reek is your first answer because – I was worried that the Seahawks would have tapped into someone who was defensive rookie of the year candidate, really really special rookie season and then you just don't get anything after that. You know what I mean? Like I was really hoping it wasn't a flash in the pan type thing.
1: Yeah, me too. And that's that's what concerns you, right? Yeah. Because um you you see the uh you see where he's fallen off a little bit, but I've seen enough as well to be like, all right, it's still there. It just sometimes you have some bad years. Every Hall of Famer didn't have a Hall of Fame type of year.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. All right. Player development continuing to be the most important thing for the Seahawks after finding this head coach. Shout out to the person who, when I asked that question, said, Tackling. (laughs) You're not wrong. You're not wrong. You're right. All right. Let's get to four down territory.
0: This, this is four-down territory going inside, inside the, the game. game. What former Seahawks and Coug wide
1: receiver Michael Buffett First Bumpets.
2: down. Though he was just hired by the Eagles, you did entertain the thought of Vic Fangio coming to the Seahawks. Why?
1: Yeah, man. Fangio, you messed up my, my whole vibe this morning. I go, hey, you know, let's let's see what happens. Is his name going to be thrown out there? Because if the Hawks go with a young offensive head coach, you need that veteran leadership on the defensive side. And the reason why I was curious about Fangio is because we've seen a lot of his like disciples kind of go out and do their thing and haven't had the same success. You got Clinton Hurt uh, last year, the 30th ranked defense as a coordinator here, 21st against the pass, 31st against the run. You got Staley uh, last year, 28th Ranked defense, 29th against the pass, 17th against the run. And then you got Desai over there with the Philadelphia Eagles, him and Patricia over there, um, with a little combo investment. But the reason why I was interested, because I dove into Fangio on how he's changed the NFL. Like, he's responsible. Sean McVay said this himself um, in challenging him with his uh, his defense, trying to shut down the jet sweep and all that good stuff. So what happens when something works? Right, Guys start plucking from that um, that Christmas tree, (laughs) that coaching tree, uh, grabbing those dudes and saying, hey, bring that over here. Let's do it. And I look at Clint Hurt, Staline Desai, and the way their defenses were rammed, something was off. Guys weren't in the right spots. They're not making the tackles. And I go, you need the godfather to come in here and Mm -hmm. teach this. You already have what Clint Hurt thought was the personnel to execute this defense, just wasn't able to communicate it. When I see guys not doing their responsibilities, the first thing I think is, all right, how was this thing communicated? Nothing like having a godfather come in and do it. Granted, that's not going to happen now. It's all a dream. He's going to the Eagles. Uh, and I think that's a big high for Sirianni because this is a year. Sirianni, they cannot fall off the way they did last year. If they do that, Sirianni is out. Um, but yeah, Fangio, man, he's uh, he's the godfather of this, of this defense. I wanted to see what it looked like.
2: I can't tell if I like or dislike Nick Sirianni. I love that he seems like such a reflection of Philly. It's it looks like he's like- trying to
1: fight everybody. Exactly.
2: It's almost like they took, like, um, every stereotype of a Philly fan and then mashed them together, and were like, this is your head coach now. And I I dig it. It's like Tommy DeVito is backup quarterback for the Giants. You're like, what?
0: (laughs) Well, then he's got uh, his head of security, Dom DeSantro. Exactly. Like, it's too perfect.
2: (laughs) However, he's also got this stank attitude that just, like, makes you like, man, shut up.
1: He's the dude that... when he's in your friend group, you love him. Exactly. But you observe him and from another yes. friend group, you're like, that guy, man, get him out of here.
2: Exactly. That's exactly Bump. who he is. When
0: you said Christmas tree, it got me thinking of uh, Mike Tannenbaum, because that is German for Christmas tree. Do they call <laughs> Mike Tannenbaum's tree Tannenbaum's Tannenbaum?
1: <laughs> You're such a nerd. I love it. Stacy's face. I wish y'all could Second see it. Second down, man.
2: <laughs> so, so glad I'm not here Monday. The dad, the dad pod is just gonna be, hey, hey, hey is your refrigerator running? That's
1: great. That was Should great. Todd
2: Bowles be getting all the criticism he is for not calling a timeout with time left on the clock against the Lions.
1: Man, he's he's got such a like an innocent face, right? Like Todd could do no wrong. Look I at Todd. Love Todd. He would never. He would hurt anyone. Todd, you messed this up, Uh-oh. though, man. Goodness gracious. Um, You know, I had his back because I, I like his personality, but then you break it down. I mean, you left 34 seconds left on the clock. You could have made the Lions punt, kick a field goal, or go forward. Chances are you're only going to have about 15 and 12 seconds left on the clock, but it's an opportunity. There are some things that you need to do as a football coach is just check all the boxes, go through the procedure, even extend the game. Even, even when I'm at home and these guys are calling timeouts, I'm like, the game's over! Let's let the clock run out. You still got to do it. You still got to appease management. You still got to make sure you gave your team every opportunity to pull off a Motor City Miracle or something like that. And he didn't do that. So it's not a big deal. I think they would have lost, but it's just a bad look. You got to make sure you cross your T's, dot your I's, check the boxes, all that good stuff.
2: I was immediately thinking of some of the greatest, like kind of, like, final moments of a game where you were like, what? And I was thinking of uh, Aaron Rodgers' Hail Mary against the Lions being one of them. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we all know the NFC Championship game, but I'm thinking of, like, just moments where you're like, that really did change. Kyler Murray home. to D-Hop. Yes! Against oh, the Bills, that I think was it was. that was such a good one. That was a great, great Hail Mary. Uh, third down. What do you like about Mike McDonald's play calling?
1: Man, what I love about him is uh, the variety in his play calling. He adjusts his game plan to the offense. Now, I get it. You go, of course you do, bum. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, I get it. But some coaches, you just know you are going to get blitzed. You play against a, a Todd Bowles team, he is going to blitz you as soon as you step off of that bus. He's going to blitz you all the way to the charter plane that you guys fly off him. That's what That's what you know about him. You look at what Mike McDan- McDonald's does. Mike McDonald's? McDonald's? There's a too many mix out there. It's
2: really going to mess um, me up. <laughs>
1: He, he changes it up. One week he blitzed, I believe it was the Indiana, Indianapolis Colts, he blitzed him like 47% of the time. Then the next week he played against like the Browns or something, 11% of the time. Then you look one week, he stayed in cover four 37% of the time. The next week he's in cover four 10% of the time. I just love a guy who's going to switch things up according to what the offense is presenting. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a simple way to look at it, mm. but I've seen coaches and coordinators get stuck and be stubborn and say, no, this is what we do. You can change your defense within the framework of your scheme. McDonald's does a great job of that.
2: Fourth down. Let's talk Geno Smith. What has Seattle's quarterback been able to do in a short period of time here with the Seahawks?
1: Say what you want about Geno. He's keeping guys employed. 2022, he's a pro bowler. Dave Canales gets the job over there with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as the offensive coordinator. He is now the head coach coach. For the Carolina Panthers. Why? Because he worked wonders with Gino and he had helped Baker have his best year as a professional. Gino helped that. Mm-hmm. Shane Waldron is now the offensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears. If Gino came out and looked like garbage every single week, Shane Waldron would not have that job. He'd probably be coaching tight ends again, looking for another opportunity to become an offensive coordinator. So I'm just saying, whatever, whatever gripe you have about Gino, what he what he does great, what he doesn't do well, he, I heard some guys say he doesn't make the clutch throws. He had five game winning drives, the most in the NFL this year, most NFL history in one season. But whatever you say about him, he kept guys employed. Shane Waldron would not be here or in Chicago without our guy Gino, And Canales wouldn't have been in Tampa, who is now in Carolina with uh, with Bryce Young and him. So this is my uh, Gino appreciation for him.
2: Because of you guys, people are texting in dad jokes. <laughs> I love it. And then I looked some up. Um, they're horrible.
1: I like the peanut one. See that one?
2: Yeah, I saw that one. <laughs> uh this one is uh let's see. Uh which bear is the most condescending? I give up. A panda. Aha, <laughs> That's, really okay, bad. Okay, That's really bad. Okay. Uh that doesn't seem like a dad joke to me. Dad jokes to me are like, hi hungry, I'm something something. <laughs> You know if you say nice I'm to hungry. Meet you hungry. Yeah, exactly. This one. What's the best part about living in Switzerland? I don't know, but the flag is a big plus.
1: <laughs> I,
0: hate that you guys I love like it. That.
2: No,
1: you so say the same thing about uh, England's flag too. Oh huh?
2: god. It's a uh, two for
1: one. About
0: uh Dad, can you tell me what a solar eclipse is? No, son.
2: Oh, oh, my God. Yeah. I hate it so much. I want to get I out of here. I can't
1: wait till Monday.
2: What <laughs> <laughs> I need to loaded. know. Coming your way at 45 after. Get your questions into the Mac Ajax text line 866-979-3776. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Bump and, Bump and Stacey
1: on Seattle Sports. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacey Rost.
2: All right, get your questions in for what I need to know coming your way in 15 minutes. God, more dad jokes. You guys, stop it. If anyone sends in, no, if you send in one more dad joke, I'm blocking you from the text line, so help me God.
1: I'll block you, don't trip. (laughs) I got you. 866 979
2: 3776. That is coming your way in 15 minutes. Right now, let's head to the station for Hype Train. I finally get to get to some of my championship, conference championship game predictions. I was uh, trying to avoid them on Tuesday, saving them for Thursday's hype Bump, train. if you
0: must know, yesterday. Uh Stacy predicted all four teams to advance to the Super Bowl in <laughs> okay, one point. Wait, hang on. Yeah.
2: That's a myth. Oh, so in the first edition of Four Down Territory, I took the Lions and Ravens. In the second edition, I took I made an argument for the 49ers and Chiefs. <laughs> yeah. So it
0: was sports radio I just, gold.
2: there's so much here with all four of these teams. Uh, I am only looking at the AFC, though. The hype train is that uh, despite not being the better team on paper, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs will advance to yet another Super Bowl.
1: So there are some things that we um, there's some things that actually Pat Mahomes has never done. Right. He actually won on the road this year. hmm. Finally, first time I have an opportunity he can't be to do on the it. Road. And he got it done. <laughs> Neutral sites, we all know there's a wins a loss here, but true road game. He finally got it done. You look at the Chiefs this year. They are not the Chiefs of Chiefs of last year. That's why to me it's impressive that they're still here. They have changed and uh, their defense is better. The run mm-hmm, game is mm-hmm. getting there. Receivers are dropping balls. You got Mahomes trying to make up for it. With all that being said, it's Lamar's year. It's a year of the purple. Hey, It's a year of the Raven. So, uh, no, I'm not on that hype train. Chiefs will not go to another Super Bowl.
2: Curtis, the hype train is that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs will go to another Super Bowl, get past the Baltimore Ravens. Bump is not boarding, though. He sees Baltimore winning this one. Are you boarding?
0: Uh, I just got to read this one from the 425. After oh a unsuccessful God. harvest, <laughs> why did the farmer decide to try a career in music? Because he had a ton of sick beats. Uh, got him. Oh, oh. fire! Uh, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs they (laughs) will go to another Super Bowl. I'm boarding that train. I'm not going to be a fool and pick against Patrick Mahomes. No, sir. Not this guy. (laughs)
1: Why why are you
0: calling me a fool, dog? Hey, hey, that feels personal.
2: I'm not calling you a fool. I'm just saying,
0: at this point, picking against him seems like a bad idea.
2: Oh, God. Uh, I'll tell you this pizza joke, Stacey, but it's too cheesy. Oh, Oh, that one was a trap. That one was a trap. Um, I am not. Uh, I'm not boarding this train. And uh, Curtis, you're right. My gut instinct and, and my entire body is screaming at me to choose Patrick Mahomes. What am I thinking? He is like a football god in the postseason. Uh, you're an idiot. And yet Baltimore is so well-balanced and so hard to beat. And they've beaten a team I thought was at times just unstoppable with the 49ers. Made them look like fools out there. Uh, So I'm going Baltimore. One aboard this train. Next train into the station. Now we have a while until we see who actually is awarded NFL MVP at NFL Honors. That will be on February 8th. But here's what you need to know. I'm going against popular opinion. Lamar Jackson will not be league MVP. Do you want to rehash the candidates or me to rehash the candidates? Go for it. Okay. The candidates are Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Christian McCaffrey, Dak Prescott, Brock Purdy.
1: The only person I would accept over Lamar is Christian McCaffrey.
2: And let's be real.
1: And he ain't getting that. Adrian Peterson will be the last running back or non-quarterback to ever get the NFL MVP. It's a wrap. So, I'm not going with Dak. I understand he had a good year. Yada yada, I get it. But Lamar, defying all odds, new offensive coordinator, number 1 seed. Got a big win in the first round. I'm just I'm I'm riding the wave. This is clearly a Baltimore radio station. We've told you this for the last couple of years times. now. So, why would I go, go against the best quarterback in the game? Thank you, Lamar. He went as so I know that train
2: Curtis the hype train is that Lamar Jackson will not win MVP bump hasn't boarded a train today. He's taken the Baltimore Ravens to go to a Super Bowl Lamar to win MVP. Are you boarding this train? It means you'd have to go with one of the other candidates. I read
0: I cannot board this train best regular season team quarterback of that making everything go on the offensive side of the ball. Lamar Jackson's your MVP. I think that became very clear after what was it? The Christmas day game when it was Baltimore against San Francisco and everybody was pumping up Brock Purdy at that point. Oh, this guy's your MVP. And then Lamar Jackson goes out and has like what? Four touchdowns in that game. (laughs) It was like, Oh wait, this Lamar guy's really, really good. Uh, and the Ravens have the best record in the NFL, so yeah, yeah he's a very deserving MVP candidate. What's this
2: that season. gladiator line? Is this your? Is it King? Is this
0: your King? Yeah, is
2: this your King? That's how it feels with Brock <laughs> Purdy, who's had a phenomenal season, and I and I have Purdy, not like hate, but it, there's no foundation to it. He's he's done great things and has an amazing story. Uh, however, he's not getting this. Lamar is going to win. No one aboard this train. It's leaving the station with no one. Next up... I am going to go with kind of a weird one. Now, normally I try to go topical with what's happening this week. And, mm-hmm. and I do have a couple more about the conference round in here and about the head coaching search. But I'm going way, way back. And by way, way back, I mean to the year 2005. Mm, wow. We were having a conversation about uh, Seahawks development and in the offensive line in particular. And Bump, you mentioned um, in a, a season playing in uh, Walter Jones' final season here. Someone texted in one of my biggest Seattle sports pet peeves. No no hate to this person. You inspired my hype train, which is that Sean Alexander, basically the only reason he did what he did is behind this offensive line. It's one of my biggest pet peeves, and I'm making it this hype train. So it's kind of an out of left field, but we're gonna do it. Sean Alexander only did what he did because of the Hawks' dominant Hall of Fame offensive line.
1: Running backs are connected to the offensive line. Offensive line does create gaps for these guys to run through lanes. They protect the quarterback. But Sean Alexander, if you watch his highlights, he's breaking tackles. He's outrunning guys. The line is connected, most definitely. But you can't just throw anybody back there and get that type of production. Yeah, I agree. So, um... No, I'm not on this train. I didn't board that one well, train.
2: I have one more. Wow, okay. I have one more. Right. Uh, Sean Alexander only did what he did because of the Hawks' dominant O-line. Bump, still not boarding a train today. Did not board this one. Curtis, are you?
0: Wherever people fall on this hot take lets me know if you know ball or not. Okay? Sean Alexander <laughs> is one of the greatest running backs in seahawks franchise history a hundred touchdowns a hundred touchdowns folks that's insane that's a number that marshawn lynch didn't even come close to like sean alexander yes had one of the greatest offensive lines maybe the greatest left side of an offensive line ever but to say that anybody could do what he did, I mean, Maurice Morris was his backup uh, for a number of years here in Seattle, and I believe only had five rushing touchdowns as a Seahawk in his career here. Uh, that to me tells me that not anybody could do what Sean Alexander did. So uh, he deserves his flowers, very much so. One uh, of the greatest seasons ever from a running
2: back. Yeah, I mentioned it was a pet peeve, so you guys already know I'm not boarding. Next type train in here. We thought that Dan Campbell deserved a Coach of the Year award. He is a finalist for that award that will be announced on February 8th. Despite that, the path to the Super Bowl ends here for the Lions. Brock Purdy and the 49ers will appear in a Super Bowl.
1: Brock Purdy and the 49ers will appear in the Super Bowl. They have to beat the Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions are playing some good football right now. But the Niners have been in this game three seasons in a row. Brock Purdy is playing good enough with the weapons around him to succeed. Sounds like Debo might be able to go to practice on Wednesday. We yeah, shall CBD. see. But, uh, yeah, they go going to the Super Bowl. I hate it. They're okay, going. Bump is boarding. I'm boarding. They're going.
2: First hype train of the day for Bump. Uh, Brock Purdy and the 49ers will appear in the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah. I would love it if the Lions did, but it just feels like the 49ers, even though they got a scare against the Packers. Uh, This has just kind of been their destiny this season. Go Lions go, though. That's what I always say.
2: I'm going to squeeze in one more hype train, a quick one. Uh, Three more head coaching openings remain available with Atlanta, Washington, and Seattle. Let's take a look at the Falcons, though. The Falcons will hire Bill Belichick.
0: Uh,
1: tough. It seems
2: like such a sure thing not nah, long ago.
1: I don't think they're going to hire him. I think that it would have been done deal already. I think with Jim Harbaugh being signed over there with the Chargers, you would think, okay, one of the, uh, the top candidates are out. They would just sign a deal and give Bill Belichick what he wanted, but they didn't do that, so he is not going to be the coach for the Falcons.
2: All right. Uh, Bill Belichick will be coach of the Falcons. Curtis, are you boarding?
0: I'd love to see it. But it sounds like it may not be happening. And, uh, yeah, I, I will not board this train. Would love to see it, though.
2: Yeah. Uh, I... I'll board this one.
0: Okay. We've got a lot of
2: empty trains leaving the station. I'd love, you know, to, to get We'd some folks our, on there. we love our
0: people in the rail service. Exactly. Yeah. The,
2: the rail industry. <laughs> All right. What I need to know coming your way next. Get your questions into the Mac and Jack's text line. Not your dad jokes. Send them. Not your jokes. Your, can no, that. your questions, your questions to the Mac and Jack's text line,
1: 866-979-3776. You're listening to Bump and, Bump and Stacey, Stacey on Seattle sports. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Rost.
2: It's what I need to know brought to you by all red heating, cooling and electric. Get your questions in, not your Dad jokes to the Mac and Jack it's text fine. line 866-979-3776. Now, because of you two, I have to filter through like every other thing is not a question. It is a joke. Where like do this pirates one. get their hooks? Secondhand stores?
1: <laughs> Got them. Let's go. What I need to know,
2: what was your favorite thing to do during recess in elementary school? We're going way back.
1: Oh, I... I sh- I mean, it could be kickball, it could be soccer, it could be handball, but the basketball games at recess. Oh, yeah. I would go into my class, sweated up, dirty <laughs> shirt, Gross. shoes all scuffed, just got these things. Nah, it was basketball all day. My nemesis, William Sega. Oh, of course. <laughs> he was in my fifth grade, nemesis. I was in fourth. I used to get him too. William, if you're listening in Los Angeles, you know what I'm talking about, sir. Uh, was yours, Stacy?
2: Mine was uh, walking the track with a friend and talking, um, or staying inside and reading, or helping the teacher.
1: Wow,
0: you never got sweaty at recess. <laughs> <laughs> nope. The worst is when you get you build that sweat up and then you got to go back inside and yeah. then you're just sitting in your mm-hmm. sweat clothes. It's almost
1: like yeah. it, it really starts to hit as soon as you sit down. Then it, then you really start sweating. Yeah. And
0: then after five minutes, it's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Wallball Ball uh, and Foursquare That was another Wall Ball was fired too What
2: I need to know If you were to be stranded On a deserted island With any famous person Celebrity or sports star Who would it be?
0: Bear grills. I was going to say yeah. that Oh, too. That's
1: so Bear
2: Oh, yeah, that's got to be it. Hey, means, hey, so, uh, Bear, what are we doing? Yeah, What, you doing, huh? yeah. Yeah. what yeah. do you need me to do here? <laughs> Who would be the worst person to be stranded with and why is it Ariana Grande? <laughs>
1: oh, God. Uh, probably <laughs> Beyonce. Me
2: and her, just two tiny yeah. people with ponytails <laughs> walking around wondering what to do. Uh, let's see. What I need to know. Oh, my God. Someone sent in uh, head coaches' Real Housewives question that I will pass on, though not <laughs> because I want to. I'll, yeah, it, I'll yeah. think about this for a while later. Um, let's see. Did Jake ever throw a pass in practice or in a game to bump?
1: You no. Know, um, Different years. You know, I'm a little older than your, your boy Jake. It's a little bit. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Jake was actually there during my first year as a reporter. Yeah. But I didn't know who he was.
1: Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Uh, what hey. I need to know,
1: I would have caught it. I caught it. <laughs> okay. Know that.
2: Uh, what I need to know, if you could only eat one type of sandwich for the rest of your life, what would it be?
1: Ooh, mm, you I know, like, like, like,
0: pastrami like. is an underrated sure sandwich is. meat.
1: Sure is. If it ain't pastrami, I'm going with like some type of chicken salad sandwich.
2: I could catch a pass from Jake. I think
1: if he threw it as hard as he could,
2: no, it would kill me. But I mean, if he just get a little softball. Well,
0: you guys, uh, you guys want some some coaching news? Yes. Not with the Seahawks. Okay. But the Falcons have made a decision. Oh. Raheem Morris. Oh, oh no!
2: Man. Not J.B. Long. I know we just said
0: Jamie Long. So if you're downloading man. the podcast today, give it a quick listen. <laughs> oh oh right. no. That, that second hour, I, it's still a great hour it's
2: We, had, still we had a lot of great
1: stuff we, in that second hour Honestly,
2: We learned so much, <laughs> so much about the new Falcons head coach
1: So much How are you uh, feeling about
2: that, 30 seconds? Uh,
1: I was hoping that he would Aww. interview over here and, and be a real candidate
2: I know, J.B. Long totally sold us on him He
1: did like,
2: I still really want Mike McDonald, but J.B. was like, I love yeah. this guy Oh well, my
1: wolf ain't Mike,
2: you know Let's go,
1: Morris. Because
0: Morris was scheduled to interview, I think, Saturday or was it
1: tomorrow? They said, Look, man, not anymore. You ain't leaving here without signing this paper.
2: Here's the thing, too. I did think Bill Belichick was still a serious candidate for Atlanta, even though we hadn't been hearing a lot. And I looked at it as Seattle essentially having its pick of defensive coaches. Which is obviously because I thought Washington's gonna want to go offense maybe, mm-hmm. like a switch from Ron Rivera. They have this new quarterback, presumably at two.
1: Well, the the good news is our guy's still out there and there's only one other team to compete with. That's true. Mm-hmm.
2: What I need to know, which game will be closer this Sunday? The AFC or NFC Championship.
1: AF Sizzle. Yeah. For sizzle.
2: I think there's a chance. I mean, think about how how close the 49ers were to losing to the Packers. And the fact that the Baltimore Ravens limited yeah. offenses so much this season, they were the best scoring defense against a, a Kansas City offense that's averaging the fewest points since 2014.
1: I think my uncle Steve Wilkes is going to be like, all right now, we didn't <laughs> mess around with them Packers. and ain't going down against the Lions.
2: <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, what I need to know is, um, Oh, Curtis, uh, uh, never mind. I was going to say, did you do your deserted island person? But I remembered you had Bear Yeah, Grylls. Bear grills. Yeah, that was the best answer. Um, if you were magically turned into your spirit animal, what would your spirit animals be and why? <laughs> <laughs> Those are some weird kind questions. It's something I to
1: really keep track of. <laughs>
2: yeah, I'm, I'm finding sports questions.
1: Spirit animal? A bear. Uh,
2: I don't know. I don't A know. bear? A bear. Yeah, I've never thought about it. Um, when was the last time you roasted marshmallows?
1: Um, maybe a few months ago. My kids like to roll some marshmallows, throw the fire pit up and get it going in the back. Do you down. get yours
0: flaming or do you go for the uh the low and slow
1: toast? I'll go uh no, we flame that thing. Yeah. Get it over it quick. That's what flame.
2: I need to know. I have a quandary digs about Seattle's defense. What free oh. agent Oh God, What free agent would you wanna see Seattle pick up this offseason? Man, we haven't even started uh, diving. Uh, Chase into that. Young. Chase Young. But I need to know, what do you think about Todd Monkin for a head coach?
1: I love it. I love I, it.
2: It's, we haven't even heard his name, though. I wonder if he's made it's it He's been out he's, there
1: a little bit. Really?
2: Not
0: much, though. His only head coaching experience uh, has been at the college.
2: Here's a good one for some parents, two parents here with me. What I need to know, my son has a seven-on-seven tournament this weekend at the same time as the NFL Championship Games. Mm. Should I go watch my son play or watch the games?
1: I bet you um, – that to get tournament on your phone. is the same tournament that my teams are going to be in this weekend. And, uh, yeah, bring your phone and watch it on your phone. That's yeah. what I do at all my kids' games. Yeah. Just sit there. When they're not in, I'm looking at the phone.
2: I do that where I go anywhere. I'm going to a brunch on Sunday, and I'm going to have my phone on. There you go. Watching football. Um, what I need to know, how the heck is bump spirit animal, not a cougar?
1: That's what I meant. <laughs> That's what I meant. You knew that.
2: Uh... Where do people go who have been in a -a peekaboo accident? ICU.
0: People keep keep tricking me with these questions.
2: The dad jokes ask questions. I saw
0: another one about the ICU where it was like, what's the worst place to hide in a hospital? The ICU.
2: (laughs) Well, wouldn't that be the... Oh, they said the worst place to hide in a hospital. Okay, yes, correct. (laughs) Uh, Thank God. Okay, we're done. (laughs) It's like, Matt, start the music, start the music. Um, Well, I'm not going to... Well, oh, wait, we have Friday. Friday. Tomorrow's Friday. Friday. Tomorrow's Friday. Friday. Today is Thursday. already on vacation. (laughs) All right. Well, that's it for us. Uh, (laughs) For Michael Bumpus, Matt (laughs) Nelson, Curtis Rogers, I'm Stacey Ross. Don't go anywhere. Wyman and Bob coming up next.